from Hans Oval to Durian Bay Sports Ground, Boulder City to Cable Beach, Pilbara to Peel, covering footy in regional WA. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode three of this series of the West Australian Country Footy Podcast and great to have your support and also your listenership and now we're on Apple. That makes it even easier for you to download as well in case if you're listening on an Apple device right now. How good is that? Uh, We've got all of the different locations you can find under our link tree. Look, that's a lot of hullabaloo for a lot of people, but you know what? It just makes it easier to listen. And make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast as well, because what that means is that as soon as this episode drops every Thursday, you'll get an opportunity to hear the latest and the greatest happening with Country Footy right across WA. Episode 3 features Wayne Paul. Now, Wayne is the president of the East Kimberley Football League. We'll have a chat to him about some of the tyranny of distances that some of the clubs use up there in the northern part of the state in that East Kimberley area. Ian McNeil, Macker, as we know, very affectionately right across all of regional WA when it comes to some local footy. Loves his footy, loves his local footy course with footy radio but also we'll be talking about the Avon Football Association now the water levels might be rising in the Swan and the Avon catchments at the moment but so too is the anticipation with perhaps a new premier in the AFA it's been a big last week for mental health and think mental health round happening with the WA Country Footy League right across WA last week Laura Castafaro joins us from think mental health to tell us more about the opportunity that we've got for football to play a very valuable role in our mental health sport in general but also football and the communities that come along with that as well to help us all out, whether it's your team, whether it's your club, whether it's your league. Also, uh, what about Sean Lindsay? He joins us as well here in the Podcast Central studio. Uh, We'll be catching up with him to talk more about the Esperance District Football Association. Esperance doing very well there, but also the first season of women's as well down in the Esperance District Football Association. Sean hosts a podcast down that way, concentrating on the EDFA, and he's also from the Gibson Footy Club as well. So a big bursting episode three for us. Let's get it underway. Let's head to the north of the state. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. It's a great opportunity to catch up with the East Kimberley Football League. Now, right up there in the top stretches of our state is the East Kimberley Football League. And joining us is the president in Wayne Paul. He's got all the details for us. Hey, Wayne, thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate. Yeah, good to talk. Mate, uh, it's a long way away up there in the north, but that doesn't stop the footy action happening. Tell us about the East Kimberley Footy League. You've got around 11 teams in your league comp this year. Yes, we have 11 teams this year. We had uh, one team had a uh, hiatus this year. They had a, a death in the community, so they pulled out. It was the Cats. But uh, yeah, next year they're back and be 12 teams. Looks like 12 t- sides for next year. Tell us about the history of the East Kimberley Football League, mate. It's been around for a while and it's produced many a good star, which we'll talk about separately. But, uh, you know, the history of getting football into the northern part of the state's always been a, a very strong one. Yes. Um, the league started way back in the 80s. Um, it was more based around Wyndham when they had the meat factory over there, and the meatworks. So, uh, and then sort of it slowly spread, but come now is the main hub now, but... Uh, yeah, we're fairly uh, spread out. I mean, we've got uh, three teams in Kununurra and we've got uh, one team in Wyndham. We've got two teams based out of Warman, which is 200k south. And we've got two teams in Halls Creek, uh, which is 365 south. And then uh, from there you go um, southeast out. Uh, the Tanamite, a bit of Luna and Belgo. Belgo is 280 out from Halls Creek. And then uh, east of there is 
we've got East of Halls Creek, we've got uh, Ring of Soap. And then uh, south, uh, west of Halls Creek, we've got Yearly. So, and that's the uh, that's 11 sides. So if you want a bit of a day trip from Belgo <laughs> to Cunningham for a game of footy, it's 650 k's one way. <laughs> Gee whiz, mate. How does that go for getting teams up and about? It must be a big stretch, one that teams are no doubt looking forward to week in and week out for a bit of camaraderie. Um, we sort of run, um, so those teams, their home ground for Belgo and Bit of Luna and uh, Yearly uh, Ring of State, their home ground is Hawks Creek. So that sort of works as a hub. So they come in and play home games there. And then uh, all our fixes sort of work around travel. So, I mean, the travel sort of... Um, dictates which round we play when so the teams aren't travelling sort of two weeks in a row up to come now. They sure. normally get about they get about two games a season where they've got to travel. So, so teams from Cunnara go down to Hall Creek twice in the year normally and those teams come up to Cunnara or twice a year. So and that's that sort of seems to work reasonably well. So and obviously the road trips are the harder games to win but uh, I mean, it's been working like that fairly successfully for oh, about 07, I think we started going further south and, opened, and the, team, the league started expanding out that way. So, yeah. Oh, it's, it's fabulous to see that footy is alive and well in the northern part of our state. And, you know, the Halls Creek Oval is, is one of the uh, the pristine areas, you know, and the, the grounds that we've got in the East Kimberley are, are well looked after too. I mean, the seasonal rain helps. That that helps everyone. But uh, at the same time, we're able to, to keep continuing on and, and keep on uh, playing in some really good, great grounds that are right across our East Kimberley. Yeah, no, we're lucky also. We've got lights, um, you know, at uh, Kananara on two ovals and Alls Creek's got lights. And uh, Wyndham's getting lights uh, this year. And then there's been an announcement where Warman will get an upgrade of the uh, lights in the oval there. So that'll be good because, you know, that'll give Warman a bit of a boost. And yep. then, um, I mean, we're, we were pretty lucky a few years back. We've got a Royalties for Regions grant and we've got actually got electronic scoreboards that'll be ground as well. So we're very high tech. Oh, mate, don't say it too loud on this podcast. Some of the leagues further south, I don't even have those. Uh, it's quite good. It uh, saves a lot of the arguments. It's got an electronic scoreboard and a, and a clock there ticking down. They can all watch and uh, where they go. I mean, the big thing now will be, you know, if the Panama is meant to be slowly getting bitchmized, and uh, that will really open it up where you know, footy can go, probably go out to the communities out there. You know, the Halls Creek teams will be able to play each other and, and take the football back to the communities rather than, the, you know, the communities that are trying to come into Halls Creek yeah. with limited resources. Absolutely. That makes things really well. Mate, hey, let's talk about the league. Uh, Magpies have had a yep. pretty good pretty good year, the Old River Magpies, for you, both in the men and also the women. Yes, they did, yeah. No, the women I went through undefeated so, and took out the grand final the other week, um, defeating the Warringah Crows, so... Uh, they were pretty happy. Uh, the men went through, lost one game to the Hawks, so uh, uh, and that was in Kununurra, so they lost on the home ground. But uh, then last uh, Friday was the uh, yeah the second semi where they played the Hawks again, and uh, yes, it was a pretty uh, tight match. The Hawks led for pretty well three quarters of the game, and then uh, Magpies managed to sneak home in the last uh, you know it was one point in. It was thirty seconds to go, and as the siren went. The, that Magpies got a goal and they won by seven points. So 
Uh, yeah, so they're into the grandy, and then uh, this weekend we see who's going to join them. Uh, the Hawks play the Warringarri Crows and all Creek this Saturday. Yep. So, so the final spot. That's 2.30 this Saturday afternoon. In the women, the Magpies defeated the Crows in the final. It was 6.945 to 1.17. Um, just talk about your women's team and your women's competition, because over the last four years or so, it's just started to gain some life in the East Kimberley. Yes, it has. I mean, we were sort of looking at expanding in a bit last year, but of course, with COVID, that sort of put a mock on everything. So, um, but this year we've had extra women's teams come in. So, we've had uh, the Demons sort of put in the team and the uh, Warren Gray Crows. So, um, so that gives us five women's teams in around the Kanara region. So, um, so yeah, so they've actually playing for a, a Premiership Cup nowadays, whereas Halls Creek was sort of. Trying to get it working down there. Um, distance is always the biggest issue and, uh, you know, availability of players and transport. So we've had um, three teams playing on and off down there, Hawks and Yearly and uh, the Yaji Dockers. So mm-hmm. the idea is trying to build that and uh, get that football up and running. So we can then, and we'll look at how we can maybe uh, have some cross, you know, games with Kununara to try and so they can play each other a bit. So... Um, but yeah, always distance and travel is a big thing. What about the engagement of women in the communities for football as well? How's that gone? No, pretty good. I mean, they all love it. Um, there's plenty of women taking up the sport. So, um, um, yeah, I mean, and uh, as as they you know as they play more, the skills are improving. So, um, you yeah, know, we're getting good participation in it. So it's excellent. You've got your semi-final coming up this week. The grand final will be the week after, or thereabouts, yep. so two weeks after. Um, expecting a big crowd. What do they draw in for the grand finals in the East Kimberley? Um, we'll probably get uh, oh, maybe a couple of thousand people. Awesome. you there. Yep. Um, I mean, depends who's in. I mean, if the Crows are in, obviously it'll be a, a lo- two local teams, and you know, most of the town will be there, so... Uh, even if the Hawks make it, well, they normally have a fairly good supporter base to come down and support them. So, I mean, normally you get a pretty good crowd. I mean, the uh, Hawks are actually were the premiers uh, for the last two years. So they won the reduced comp last year, the COVID year. So, uh, yeah, if they get in the grand final, they're sitting on a hat-trick if they can win. Oof. Good luck to them, because that is a very big achievement as well. Mate, you've been a bit of a um, a football factory, it's been referred to, out towards Halls Creek Way. It's, there's lots of AFL stars who have come through that particular part of the region, and you know, numerous to name. But at the same time, it's been great for the East Kimberley Football League because you've got a very rich history. Just, I suppose, I won't go, go into some of those names, but you can in terms of some of those best footballers that you've seen come out of the region. Yeah, look, I mean, we've had a, what, been about 10 over the last uh, five years. So, um, and probably Sam Seaton, Petra Vest, he's probably the best well known, and he'd be up around 80 games at Carlton now. So, um, but him and there was Cedric Cox came out that year, and um, Francis Watson, he went to the Eagles. So, some of them had more success than others. I mean, Francis, he was a, he was a great guy. But he kept getting injured every time we just about get a call up. So, uh, but he's been delisted. But I mean, there's a few other younger guys coming through. Um, you know, Shane McAdams, he's playing with Adelaide. Um, Ash Johnson's just, he's, who is his brother, just been drafted to Collingwood. 
Um, you've got uh, Lino Thomas. He's at uh, Fremantle. He's a warming boy, but uh, yeah, Irving Mosquito. He was at Essendon. He did his ACL. Came home. He's at home at the moment rehabilitating. So interesting to see what he does, whether he goes back or what what he's going to do. Because obviously it's a hard task to recuperate from that and then go back to Essendon. Mm. It's a great opportunity that people have got, though, isn't it? It's a pathway that they've seen now happen, and having those players come back home obviously helps inspire the next generation. Are you finding a lot of that, Wayne? Yeah, I, definitely after the uh, first year when Sam and them, you know, and a, um, a few of the boys have gone down to South Australia, Ty Par- uh, Jai Parra and a few of those boys, and and, Sh- and uh, Shane McAdam, they went off to SNL, SANF. An L to play and then got drafted from there. So we've seen a bit of a rise of guys going off to various, you know, other leagues rather than going through the Claremont pathway. So um, to, to have that crack at it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's sort of opened up the eyes a bit. So you know, a few guys have been and had a go. So some have been successful and some have come back. But I mean, it, it definitely has created a lot of interest. It is good to see. Mate, thanks very much for taking the time to catch up with us. Before we do go, Lindsay Jessel was the West Coast player, uh, the West Coast Poly player of the week for round 12 from the Dockers just a couple of weeks ago, which was absolutely outstanding and great to see from up in the East Kimberley Football League. We're looking forward to seeing more of the great players come through the ranks from the East Kimberley Football League into many of our AFL teams and through those systems. But have you got a tip? Who's going to meet the Magpies in the grand final for the East Kimberley Football League, Wayne? Oh, toss a coin. <laughs> I reckon it'll go either way. I mean, the Hawks have got the home home ground, but the Crows are coming home strong. So, I mean, they played Yaji uh, last Saturday, and uh, I mean, Yaji got the jump on them in the first quarter and was, you know, three to one, and then Crows kicked six in the second and basically took control of the game and uh, just held the lead from there on in. So, I mean, they'll go down, you know, they've sort of hit their peak at the end of the season, so it's anyone's game. Outstanding, mate. Sitting on the fence. I love it. As the president. You can't really go with with oh, either, mate. I'm an umpire as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, throw that into the mix. Wayne, appreciate your time with us on the WA Country Footy Podcast. It's always great to hear from leagues right across the state. We've gone from Ongar up. We've shot through the uh, Central Wheat Belt last week, and this week we're finding out a bit more about the East Kimberley Footy League. Appreciate your time, and, and thanks very much, mate. Good luck with this week and also with the grand finals that are coming up next week as well. Okay, good. You're welcome. Good to talk. Well, it is a big week for our podcast for week three, but a big name that has shook many hands in regional footy over the years. Ian McNeil Macker joins us today. He's got a good rap for us on the Avon Football Association, and maybe even he might throw in something for the EDFL as well. There's a couple of things, Macker, that I do want to talk to you about. First of all, Ben Cubbon, mate, you were there last week celebrating the centenary. Ben Cubbon got the win last week, which was outstanding, but it was all about the old-timers game that was happening beforehand, mate, that you commentated on. Welcome to our podcast, yeah. mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Congratulations on the initiative. It's fantastic to um, get uh, people talking about sport in the region. Yep, tootled on out to Ben Cubbon uh, last Saturday. I heard Peter Waters talk to you on your podcast. Uh, massive day, 100 years of uh, community sport and, uh, yeah, well, footy in general uh, in Ben Cubbon. Celebrated with a Legends match. They invited us up there to live stream at Footy Radio. We um, dusted off, this, off, the, off our jeans and went back up there and... Uh, it was uh, it was a fantastic day had by all. They had over fifty folks 
who um, who suited up and uh, yeah, go do yourself a favour, get onto the, the footy radio Facebook side. The, the introduction was uh, was uh, interesting there, Glennie. Yes, well, mate, I've got something for you here. Um, I don't know if it's going to work for me, but this is. There's a, that's how the anthem should be played, Mac. And now, what happened okay. with the anthem up there in Ben Cubbon? I um I think we must have pushed the wrong button because if you got the grab of what we actually did play before all the fifty plus blokes oh, went out there now, to have you, the now you put me on the spot here. I tell you what, <laughs> let me have a little squeeze through. But you did take a few of them by uh, by storm the other day, mate. Yeah, it's were... an old country and western song. You're too old. You're too old. You're too old to cut the mustard anymore. And uh, a bit of a shocked look on their face. You have to be careful when you live stream live music. So we had to cut it off fairly quickly because otherwise you get booted off your live stream. We did get a warning for playing um, uh, sponsored content, but no, it was fantastic. We actually played that uh, a number of times throughout it. Hey, the real highlight while you're there was uh, interview pre-recorded by a 97-year-old gentleman, Ross Perry, who played in the 1949 Grand Final. He uh, reminisced about that and what uh, in the start of his uh, Ben Coven journey. That was played at halftime, so that was sensational. And Peter and uh, Lord Mudlark, uh, Miller, we, uh, we walked around the memorabilia to finish that. So, yeah, do yourself a favour. Benny got three wins on the day to top the day out. Uh, won the netball and the hockey, and they were pretty happy down there. Um, looking for someone to live stream their grand final, but we had in the Eastern Districts on the 28th. Looking Eastern Districts have snuck their season forward a couple of weeks, and they also go on Saturday. So, We'll be out there and live streaming that one. We might even get a simulcast on Triple M like we did last year. But uh, that's what he radio. I'm here talking about Avon, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, plenty going on, mate. There is plenty going on, Avon. If, if they're still playing this week, mate, they've got snorkels in the Avon Football Association. They've had that much rain <laughs> coming through the hills lately. It's not funny. Yeah, the Avon Descent was a running race for the last few years. But yeah, they'll be um, <laughs> Swiftwater Rescue might be required uh, this year. Uh, yeah, no, we enough to bog a duck, and I don't reckon there will be too many people with um, be frowning about that. Pretty well out of querying, but uh, very nice where I am in Calor, and uh, obviously the Avon Valley's a bit, bit wet. But uh, I, as I said, I drove through there the other day, and there's some dumping crops down mm. around Gamaling and 2J, and congratulations. I'll be looking forward to that. A uh, bit of changes in the Avon Footy Association. Keller Cameron, the reigning premiers, mind you, that stretch is a couple of years ago as he didn't get a kick last year. But uh, they're fighting for this season. They're in... Uh, they're in a, it's an elimination final for them each week. And uh, unfortunately for them, the last uh, three games of the finals, they come up against Clarendon twice and uh, and York once. And they're the top two sides by some distance. And if they lose one of those games, uh, Cunnerton will play the finals for the first time. Uh, the big movers are Clarendon. They are top of the ladder. Got uh, mm. Tommy Lee, former and Kilda player, mate. He's kicked uh, bags of nine or ten in the last couple of weeks. Started off with a bang, but he got... Uh, uh, I think you got a bit of Ross River to tell you the truth, but um, he's coming good at the right time of the season and uh, querying all guns lane. Ryan, Ryan Mel Dennis is uh, the reigning Stacey medalist for the first and best in this association. He's, um, he's starting to hit his um, uh, straps again. And a real blast from Waffle, Freddie Clutterbuck. You need to be careful oh, when you say yes. that on radio, mate. <laughs> mate, he is a name that is one of those ones that you see it when it's on the team sheet and when you're ready to commentate, you just go, oh boy. A couple of years ago on Triple M, I went out to Clarendon to call a game of footy, and uh, Robin Richards gave me the team list. The team list, and there was a bloke named Travis Fluck. Oh. I kid you not. And I said, "Yeah, right, mate." As if I'm going to say that. <laughs> uh, was, yeah, Travis, he played pretty well, and um, so we nicknamed him Holy there and then. So, uh, um, very good. Holy Fluck from then on. But they are very good this year. Got a good bunch of their 
young boys coming back from Perth and uh, sprinkling some real good talent in there. York, another one. They uh, started off like a house on fire. They've lost a couple of games since, but um, Andrew Strike, the former uh, West Coast Eagle and West Perth legend, he's there with a couple of his West Perth mates. Mark Crisp is there. He's a former Miller, Miller medalist from the Eastern District Footy League. Um, and young Zach Godwin, he's there as well. But uh, a few of those boys are uh, rostered on, rostered off, not only flying, but also with the fire brigade. So they're not there every week. Andrew Strike, whenever he rolls up, kicks bags in excess of seven and eight. So haven't seen him for a little while, but they'll, they are the top two sides. Beverly, once again, perennial finalists are doing particularly well. Um, biggest falls of grace, I guess, are the two northern sides. They're down the bottom of the ladder, but Fetties are going through a restructure. Um, they've got a new president there looking after the kids, so they'll be back. They've got their um, their finals coming. Oh, no, the end of season function, and it's a bomby contest at the brand new <laughs> brand new Northern Rec Centre. So that's something new. That'll be a hell of a lot of fun. A couple of weeks ago, they had the Mutton Cup, which was in Clurting, which is the indoor sheep racing. Still haven't uh, heard the winner of that one, but that's uh, going about five or six years, and uh, that was a whole heap of fun. And I think in a couple of weeks' time, it's Kunak Racing. Um, going to be held at the Beverly Football Club. So clubs are out and having some fun and being really integral to their local communities, which is what we like to see, mate. Now, I know you touched on querying a little bit there, but uh, did you see the actions of uh, the number 47 from Querding, he's been going around on some of the uh, the social media channels throughout the week, and that is Sean Simpson. He's given one of the biggest do not argues, gone on and kicked a goal, and has got some national attention in the game against Fetties last week. And don't you worry, mate, him and his little fencing contract out there in Querding are getting phone calls left, right, and centre for him to line up in the draft. Yeah, well, um, you, ha- you have to pay now to get him uh, to touch the dog dinner, Shawnee. His uh, brother Bulldog, you would know very well, a uh, very passionate football man, a very passionate football uh, family up at Clarity. Rod was uh, coaching a long time ago, still there. I think he might be giving Shawnee a bit of a hand in the, in the fencing contract business. Hey, there's multiple hundreds of thousands of views on that one. Oh. Congratulations, Shawnee, still getting out there. Um, wouldn't want him to fall on you. It'll be seeing you next Tuesday, wouldn't it? You would. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's a bit of him, but he's still out there every weekend. Uh, yeah, cult hero with it, Shawnee. Yeah, definitely, mate. And especially after that vision that I had sent through to me during the week, I've just gone, oh boy, he is in some. He is in some. It'd almost be pushing for a league berth after that, you would think. But hey, it's a very strong league team to get into it, Querding, at the moment. Hey, what have we got going on this weekend for the uh, Avon Football Association, mate? Before we digress, because we can do that pretty easily, the amount of passion that we've got for local footy. Oh, I'm looking for it. As I said, elimination finals for the Keller Cabin side. They're up against Querding. Um, I don't know, I forget they've got the pictures on me at the moment. We're all looking forward to it. It's all games on Sunday, the last three rounds of the season. And. Uh, Looking forward to uh, see who's going to finals. It's going to be, I reckon, there'll be a new grand finalist. Betty's are doing. Uh, Yorkers were undefeated in the reserves, mm. and Keller uh, Hammond a second. So uh, fantastic that clubs can still get a full round of um, reserves as well. The association trying to 16 aside in the league and the reserves just to uh, make it a little bit easier on the volunteers. And we can't forget our netball girls. It is the Avon Footy and Netball League. Uh, look out for the fast carts, the uh, the railway side. They've got the best naming country. <laughs> They're coming up um, the Maggots, which is no, which are not their name. I just happen to call that. Cunard uh, and Magpies. I think they won the last three in a row, but uh, I think they might be on the top of the ladder. But they, everyone is snapping their fields at their heels. And the Fetish Phillies, uh, I reckon they are shaping for a big one in the Detmall as well. Congratulations to all the girls who are involved with that. 
and all the volunteers out there, mate, who make this happen week in, week out. We saw it up at Benny last week. You see it every time we go to any uh, game of country football. There's, uh, everyone just comes out and supporting the local side. Um, you think Mental Health Round last week is an important initiative from the West Australian Country Footy League. The Blue, Pro- Blue Tree Project out at Mark and Boogan, where that one initiated. That'll be uh, it's really important. Just get out there, talk to your mates, and uh, make sure we're looking after each other, mate. Well said, mate. And we have got an interview lined up with uh, Think Mental Health uh, joining us a little later. Mate, um, just very quickly, I know the EDFL you keep a bit of an eye on, and you mentioned there the, the opportunity for that grand final to come up on the 28th of August. There's a few leagues who've got their grand finals coming up. Uh, but Nukani undefeated in the reserves for 2021. Uh, in the league, uh, Hayden Kilgaran, well, they've only dropped the two games. They are a very strong team. Um, but I suppose the demise of the Southern Cross Footy League, or the Footy Club, I should say, after last year, they got a few of the uh, the Goldfields boys come through from the Mines Rovers Footy Club to help boost them up. They haven't saluted this year. And Uncle Merv there, Merv Kennedy, uh, has put out... Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it here, Macca, but he's put out in some newspapers almost across the nation the opportunity to come and join the Bombers there in Southern Cross. So, uh, look, that that you could call it a rebuilding stage. It is. It's a very proud footy club. They've, um, well, I think they actually played a season in the Central Wheatbelt a long time ago. Yes. They're right on the edge. They're a long way from anywhere. And uh, a really special day. We covered that grand final last year against Hyde and Calgary. Biden Calgar and the, and the Bombers got up and uh, no, the passion was palpable. Obviously, they had a, quite a few of boys from Cal came down, but um, they are fantastic to see so many, you know, the Della Boscas and the Stevens who are doing a lot of work pushing the proverbial uphill for a long time. Chase Creedy goes out there and still has a kick. He was uh, a very passionate Bomber supporter. So, yeah, if you're looking for somewhere to play footy, um, it's probably too late for this year, but next year it'd be great to see that they can still come around. But yeah, Hyden Calgar and Cool and Condit are a perennial five. It's a um, finalist. They'll, uh, they'll be up there. And so I, I heard a whisper to Corrigan. They were, um, they might be the dark horses on this one, but, uh, the grand finals is in Corrigan. Uh, well, it's nearly a month's time. So, uh, a lot of footy to be played out there yeah. as well. But I don't think you can't go and make it in the league this year. They won it a couple of years ago. Yeah. So reverse that though for the Colts. So Southern Cross on the top of that. Yeah. Which is good to say because that's a, your success to your football club. You look after your juniors and you, and you just wait. Um, we obviously, smaller your town get you you do have to have the top out players you see that top up players you see that out at uh, the central wheat belt but um you've got to have a nucleus of juniors otherwise what are we doing it for out of beacon it's a long way away as well but um they're still very very passionate they've got a tremendous history up there played in 12 consecutive grand finals and won eight of them or something cool and con didn't support the same kind of legacy they just uh they just rise to the occasion so they'll uh they'll be there um yeah, they're uh, yeah, very, very, very impressive football club, Cool and Condit, and so they'll be there when the when the when the bombs start beating. Macca, good to hear you, mate. No doubt we're going to catch up again in in less than a month, I reckon, because uh, there's always so much footy that goes on through the the parts that you are very familiar with, the Eastern Districts, and pushing through to the Avon, even probably into the Mortlock. You probably keep your eye on on that one too, no doubt. But uh, we will keep in touch, mate, and hear you again on the WA Country Footy League podcast. Good to see you out at Ben Cubbon last week, and a great opportunity to share some of that uh, great footy radio stuff that you've done for the years over the uh, WA Country Footy League as well and, and various different places, mate. But good to have you on the podcast today and thanks for joining us, bud. Thank you very much and congratulations once again on the initiative. I think it's fantastic.
Well, it's a great chance to consolidate on a lot of great work that's happened with the WA Country Footy League over the last week or so. A very big round last week with the Think Mental Health round. We saw lots of photos on our WA Country Footy League Facebook page and also on Footy Leagues right across our great state. It's a great opportunity to get those conversations started in our very own clubs, in our teams and, of course, in our leagues as well. Laura Castafaro joins us, the Senior Project Officer, Public Education and Health Promotion Program with Prevention Services Division of Mental Health Commission to talk more about Think Mental Health here on our podcast today. Laura, first of all, welcome along. It's great to have you as part of a podcast today and to to be able to have that great opportunity to talk to you more about the work of Think Mental Health in our community and more on the partnership with the WA Country Footy League. Yeah, thanks, Glenn, and uh, thanks for having me. Great to be a part of a great podcast. Uh, absolutely. We've got a lot to cover off today because there's been a whole amount of work that's happened right across our state in recent days and, and, and the last week or so when it comes to the Think Mental Health round. But there's also been a great association with Healthway via the message too. Some 25 odd leagues. What does that partnership enable Think Mental Health to achieve? Yeah, well, I think the partnership um, enables the Think Mental Health team messages to be extended to people in country Western Australia. For example, um, key messages such as ensuring people are checking in on their friends and people they care about, the importance of talking and listening and letting people know that mental health issues can affect anyone and it is okay to seek help. Um, it also enables people to become more aware of mental health and wellbeing in general. And I think the partnership also helps with reducing some of the stigma um, that is associated with the conversations around mental health. What does sport do to assist with that mental well-being? Obviously, this is a partnership with footy, but but what sort of role does sporting play in this? Um, well, I think sport is a great way um, for people to socialise with their friends as well as increase self-esteem, reduce stress and anxiety. And we know that connection is really important for mental health and well-being. And sporting clubs provide a supportive environment enabling this to actually occur. And we know that the research shows that physical activity is associated with better mental health and um, exercise actually releases feel-good chemicals, including endorphins, which can improve your mood and make you um, yeah, feel good. How have you seen this partnership in action? There's been plenty of photos floating around the place over the last week, but have you seen some of the on-the-ground boots in the, in, the, in the mud sort of action that the WA Country Footy League have produced? <laughs> I've seen photos and things like that. But as you mentioned before, the Think Mental Health Round is one of the most seen aspects of this partnership and it has been great to see the enthusiasm from the local leagues embracing this round and the message. Um, And there's also been some great connections developing through the regional suicide prevention coordinators and the regional men's health networks in the country footy leagues and it's been really encouraging to hear hear all of the um, checking on your mate barbecues that have been held at local footy clubs and which like allows for genuine conversation in relaxed environments around mental health to occur which has been really great um and the partnership continues to assist in changing the culture across country football leagues highlighting the importance of creating a supportive club environment and the opportunity that clubs have to promote positive mental health and um connect communities with local support services the Think Mental Health WA website is thinkmentalhealthwa.com.au but has a range of non-invasive tools to assist people. What can we find there and what sort of information, Laura? The Think Mental Health website hosts, um, you might have seen, the Mental Health Checkup tool, which is a tool basically for you or for someone close to you um, to assess how you or they might be feeling. Um, and the tool has a range of 
from I'm feeling great to I'm struggling most days. And um, from answering the tool and based on your score, you will then be pointed to advice, tips and support um, for you. Um, and we also have the mental health self-assessment checklist, which is um, based on the K10 um, tool. And it basically relates to how you've been feeling over the past four weeks. And from there, similar to the checkup tool um, and based on your answers, you'll be pointed to advice, tips and support. Um, there's also a range of information on the website available to support people and people they care about on how to start the conversation and ways that they can look after their mental health and well-being. Now, COVID and mental health have been very topical over the last 18 months. Think lockdowns and, and the initial stages of COVID here in Western Australia where you couldn't travel to the other side of the Darling Range uh, for those regional people. But uh, Metro people as well have also had to go through some tough times. Laura, is there any information there on that? We actually have a whole section on the website on mental health and COVID. So if you go on the website, you'll see a tab at the top that says mental health and COVID. And this section includes a range of information, how to look after your mental health and physical health, talking to your kids about COVID, financial concerns, and lists a range of support services um, for people to access. Um, we also did run a short campaign, which is based on evidence from the World Health Organisation. And the campaign was basically developed to help Western Australians manage their mental health and well-being during the difficult time of COVID. As a society, we're becoming more aware of how our mental health is as our physical health. It's it's a great opportunity for things like Think Mental Health, and you, you pinpointed it earlier, where sport plays that massive role and, and exercise and what that can do, the change of endorphins. It's, it's really, really important to look after what is between the ears as much as what it is that's below the ears. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think um, that people are becoming more aware that mental health is just important as physical health. I do still think that there is a way to go. Um, in my opinion, the stigma around mental health seems to be decreasing with more people talking about their mental health. Um, but I also think COVID um, has become an opportunity for mental health and conversations around it to be more normalised. Um, research suggests that there is a relationship between physical health and mental health and many activities that we do undertake that support our physical health can also improve our mental health. As we come back to footy, what can any of us who are within our teams, our clubs and our leagues be doing right now to help others? There's quite a few things that they can be doing and as we've spoken about during um, this podcast, we know that the previous 18 months have been really hard for people because of COVID. Um, I do think that the best thing people can be doing within their clubs is to stay connected, making sure people are checking in on their mates, offering to listen, and if they need someone to talk to, um, that they're there for them. And if they're unsure on how to start the conversation, there's information on the Think Mental Health website. Um we also know that volunteering, connection and physical exercise are all protective factors for positive mental health. So by just being a part of your local sport club, you're doing something to support your mental health and wellbeing. Um, and also just providing support to all your teammates on and off the field might have a bigger impact than you think. Um, for some people, clubs are a place where people spend a lot of their time. So it's important that we make our environment as supportive for our mental health as possible. So things like having healthy food options and reducing alcohol use are easy things clubs can do um, to support their to support their players. And also making sure that clubs are aware of local support services and other services that they can refer people to. Um, and again, the Think Mental Health website has a fact sheet and lots of information um, with support services that clubs can either point to or print out and give to their members. Um, 
Also, Sport West, which is the peak industry body for sport in WA, is currently working on a project that aims to provide better guidance on effective mental health activity in community sports settings. Um, the project has come from calls from the sporting community for guidance on what mental health strategies and initiatives are likely to be effective. Um, the WA Country Football League Mental Health Initiative is a good example of things that community-based clubs can undertake. The partnership that you've got with the WA Country Footy League has been nothing but positive and it's, it's been one that's really helped you get into the regional areas and we know that a lot of factors can play a role in people's health in mental health in, in regional areas but the partnership that you've got with the WA Country Footy League is is vital and really it's it's a statewide initiative which has been great. Yeah I, I think the partnership has been a great opportunity like you said and enables us to extend the evidence-based practices and knowledge into sporting clubs across yeah the Western Australian country. Laura, thanks very much for taking the opportunity to catch up with us today. You've got a lot of information there and a lot of people can find information as well at thinkmentalhealthwa.com.au. As we mentioned, there's a range of non-invasive tools there to assist you. If you yourself are going through a bit of a rough trot or if you know your friends are, you can find all of the details and some some help and some guidance for your friends and, and yourself there. But of course, if you or anyone you know are going through a rough trot, the number for Lifeline is 13 11 14. Laura, thanks for taking the opportunity to catch up with us on the WA Country Footy League podcast. Again, we thank Think Mental Health and the great opportunities through Healthways in which we are helping spread that message. It was really on show last week. There were football best on grounds given out everywhere. I've seen sausages. I've seen all sorts of ways in which people have come together to help support mental health across WA. You must be very proud in the office there and also with all of the great work that's happened with the WA Country Footy League across the state in the last week or so. And long may it continue, Laura. Thanks so much, um, Glenn, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Laura Castafaro is the Senior Project Officer, Public Education and Health Promotion Program, Prevention Services Division, Mental Health Commission, and joining us with Think Mental Health here on the WA Country Footy Podcast. Our final guest of the West Australian Country Footy Podcast for this week, and we head to the southeast of the state and the Esperance District Football Association. They've just had some games this week after what was a pretty long stint without any games. Sean Lindsay conducts a podcast with the Esperance District Football Association. He also runs around for Gibson down in the EDFA and is a host of a breakfast show on Triple M. G'day, Sean. Thanks for joining us on our WA Country Footy League podcast. Oh, what an absolute pleasure to go on the podcast, mate, because we love country football. We get stuck into the AFL and, and what that's what that has become. But country footy is raw and we love it and I'm just so happy to be talking about it with you. Oh, thank you, mate. I know that you catch up with all the things that are about the Esperance District Football Association, so you can give us a good holistic look at the association as such. I want to touch on the women first of all because it is the first proper season that the EDFA have had a women's competition and how much has this meant to the ladies of the district? It's been huge, and I think I don't think people really appreciated when the league started just how important it was to a lot of these young girls and, and women as well, because you, you can play in the same club as your brother. You know, you've been watching your, your dad play, and, and everyone knows it's country football. Basically, the whole town turns out for the grand final, and at the other games, there's such big crowds, and you go with your whole family and you enjoy the action, and finally these. These, these, these women who, as girls, are watching their, their dads and their uncles play, finally they can pull on this jersey and wear it proudly and, and play the game. And, and more importantly, they get to run around and stuff. And, you know, netball's fine, hockey's okay, but footy's really where it's at. And 
I mean, the best best example, Scott MacArthur at the Newtown Condi Footy Club. He's been playing there for years. His family's a strong name at Newtown Condi. And um, he's coaching the women's and his sister, Ali MacArthur, who's a gun hockey player. She played uh, country, country West Australian hockey. And now she's playing and chopping up for the Lions. And, and she spoke to me a few weeks ago and just said, it, it's so amazing. I mean, not great being coached by your brother. And they do have some tussles <laughs> a little bit. Um, but that, having that sort of family connection and everything is, is really quite special. And I think the girls, um, they've got right around it. I mean, so Gibson, I've got a, a close link, obviously, with the, the Tigers just north of Esperance there. And for the first two or three rounds, there was basically two teams that were available. So that just shows how many people are interested in it. And the question really is in the future, and what they've got to consider is, is how they manage the extra players. Because mm. across all the teams, there's a surplus. Um, as we know, there's only so many grounds down here in Esperance. And I'm sure other country locations have the same with limited locations. You're trying to fit in all your juniors. You're trying to fit in your senior men's. Where would a second women's team play? Could you actually do another four teams? Probably not. But it's definitely a good challenge that the EDFA have for the future. Mate, Hayley Mosquito's doing very well. Esperance dominating in the women for 2021. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. <laughs> uh, Shiza T, Shiza Thomas, she's, um, yeah, she's, a, she's amazing. She's very talented, plays up forward. They got a recruit from, because uh, just so for people that don't know, Esperance and Ports were the two original team of the foundation clubs. The last two years, they've just played each other three or four times in an exhibition round. And then they've had a, a grand final and, you know, whoever wins that. Ports lost that last year because they forfeited the grand final. You wouldn't think that was possible. So Esperance were the default winners. Uh, and they're the defending premiers by default again. But they've had such an amazing year. They're undefeated. Um, Isabel Bruce, she came over from from the Eastern States. She has been very, very good. And then controversially, mm. uh, there's a guy called um, Stricko, Clint Strickland. He plays for the Gibson Tigers, right? And he's been playing for many years. He runs around in the resis now. You know, he's a bit older, but he was playing a lot of league footy. His wife and his daughter, uh, Nicole and Taya, they're playing at the Esperance Bulldogs Football Club and they are shopping uh, the mother-daughter team, which is pretty special in itself. But Nicole down back at a centre-half back and then Tyra just running around just doing whatever she wants. Um, so the Tigers would like to have them, but they've been really important for the Tigers and, and led by Michael Harding, a.k.a. Pancho. He's a big name down here and, and he's got the girls fighting that, that really ferocious Esperance Bulldogs kind of football and um, yeah they're going to be hard to beat the other three are kind of trying to jostle and figure out who's going to play Essence Bulldogs in the grand final although you shouldn't count your chickens before they hatch Glenn you know what yes. it's like you can't be too ahead of yourself when it comes to any form of sport exactly right mate but it's great to see and uh, wonderful to see the Esperance Football Club doing very well and all teams having a win so far in the season too which is great mate. yeah well I'm are we that happy about it? I mean, we like Espens, but do we really like Espens, Glenn? What about the Gibson Tigers, mate? Well, we would, let's not be self-indulgent in this particular podcast oh. here, Sean. Hey, uh, let, let's look <laughs> at the, to be? Uh, let's look at the league ladder. Esperance are doing well at the moment. They are on uh, nine from ten. Uh, Gibson, which you're involved in, six from ten. Uh, Ports, three from ten. Last year's premiers and Newtown Condy, two from ten. Bit of a battle for that two and three spot, really. Uh, that'll come down to a, a final in the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, I think I think we it'll be difficult for Gibson uh, to lose that second spot. It, it'll take us losing the next two games, and I, it could happen. It absolutely could happen for the Gibson Tigers, considering they have lost three on the trot. But, but I just I don't see it just yet. Um, there was an up, upset defeat, well, two upset defeats in a row for the to the Tigers. Uh, Ports had Jai County come down from Kalgoorlie. They've got their big Matty Martin, who plays as a full forward. Now, this guy that plays supports, he is huge. I want people to start calling him Horse, because he may as well. Well, he might even race in the Kalgoorlie Cup. Who knows? He's that big and strong. And he's he's impossible to move. He was actually on Port Adelaide's list back in the day. He's moved to Westference. His, um, his wife uh, is one of the police officers down here. And he kicked a bag against Gibson Tigers a couple well, almost a month ago now, considering the buyers. And then Jaya County kicked four, and they beat Gibson. They won't have that Kalgoorlie. Well, I don't know, Glenn. You, you'll know more than me. I don't think the Canberra players that Port sometimes have, I don't think they'll be playing for the rest of the year. I think it's too late to make a clearance, and they haven't confirmed those clearances. So Ports mm. have still got a lot of talent. They've still got a lot of really great young players, but whether they have that top-up talent and the Kalgoorlie guys, Probably not, but still, they're poking around third. Newtown Conning up, I reckon, are the team to watch. They they are one of the few teams down here that employ employ a really big zone. And it's only country footy. Yeah, if you can get it right, and that's the key, if you can get it right, you can be dangerous. And they certainly flexed their muscles last weekend, and it worked very well. Uh, they beat Gibson by seven points last weekend. And then, as I said, so those three kind of jostling around a little bit, very similar to the women's, and it's just who can beat the Aspen's Bulldogs, and um, all teams have been close to them. Uh, Ports were only a kick away from them last week at three-quarter time before Aspen's pulled away. Uh, a couple of fixtures ago, Newtown Connacht were a point from them, and Gibson had beaten them once and lost them by about five or six goals. So they can be beaten, the Aspen's Bulldogs. They can, but it's going to take a lot of things going right on the day. Uh, they lose, lose Reese Woods. He's got a shoulder slash knee slash everything's injured for him. He's a really good player, but his brother, Braden Woods, is finding some really good form. And uh, there's a couple other names as well. Yeah, so whether whether who's going to win it, you'd say Esperance are definitely the front runners. But I tell you what, it's going to be some good games to come before we get to that stage. Right. Now, looking at uh, somebody who was starting to kick some goals throughout the start of the season, he's a young fellow who's come through the ranks of the Esperance Football Club, and that's uh, Malachi Riley. Uh, has he hit a bit of an injury slump, has he, or...? I know he's coming back from injury, yeah, that's for sure. So he actually, he had the um, the carnival, the Coolin Carnival, mm. the Great Southern Carnival, and I think he sustained a bit of an injury there, young Malachi, and he's working his way back into it, so poking around a little bit. Um, he's a whole, he's one of the whole host of Colts players that have been doubling up each weekend. So as you can imagine, I think he's going to try and work his way through the Colts before he gets the league game. I would imagine he'll be cherry ripe come the finals but you know it's funny things have happened uh, he kicked he loves terrorizing the ports footy club he's kicked bags of eight and seven against the ports footy club uh he didn't he missed out last week and the ports would have been very very happy about that because he's kicking these goals then if you see him he's he's relatively slight i mean he's only a colts bloke plays on the wing super fast he's as fast as maddie shervington uh, and others, uh, who's the Patrick Johnson? Are these as fast as those guys? That's my sort of era. So I'm in an Olympics frame of mind at yeah. the moment. Um, and um, yeah, can kick goals. So 
he'll come back and make that team a whole lot stronger. When he comes back and hits full form, yet to be seen. Braden Barker doing well for Newtown Condy with his 25 goals for the season so far, and Reese Griffiths leading the uh, Esperance Football Club Brigade with 20 goals. So uh, that's how the leading goal kickers look at the moment. Uh, just to swing over to cover off some Colts and reserves into the Colts, and there was a couple of weeks uh, break for the league, but the Colts managed to get up. They've been up for the last couple of weeks. It's Ports Footy Club doing well there in the Colts over Esperance, Gibson and Newtown Condy. Um, and then obviously bolstered up by some of the under-16s who are coming through the ranks. But then the reserves is also an interesting one. The Gibson reserves are doing mm. very well this year. Yeah, and it's been they've been really good, led by Ryan Norwood, and they've had a few really good players. Uh, Hot Wheels, Sam Featherston, or he's... Hot Wheels. Um, Hot, he's Wheels. Played, Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels, mate. Yeah, he's... um. He goes about as fast as a tractor. I reckon um, during seeding and harvest, he wouldn't be able to outrun any of the machinery at all. He's um, yeah, but he's he's lovingly known as Hot Wheels. Plays around the half back line and, and has got a few touches. Right now with the coach, as I mentioned, and then Jake Barber. He's been on the ball for the whole year, and I think the the good thing about this reserve side for Gibson, they've been quite stable and mm-hmm. set with their lineup, and that certainly helps with your with your continuity. They've had a few changes here and there, but nothing. Nothing really, and they're set for for a grand final. They have lost. They've been beaten by Newtown Connie up. Their reserve side is traditionally very, very strong. They've got some players that just sort of commit the year to that one training session in that reserves team. And Newtown Connie up will be good. Although my good old friend Matty Thornton from Fingers, he does like to tell me he plays for Esperance in the reserves. He does like to tell me that Esperance are still a sneaky chance. You never know. You only need to win. A few games come August and September, really, to um to get the chocolates. But it's all sort of to do for Esperance and I think Portsmouth as well. Uh, those players coming back in the league, and then a few of those fringe players getting some good footy down in the reserves. But no, no, it's been a really good year in the reserves. Um, some good football. If you get the chance to watch Ports, uh, Ports. If you get the chance to watch Gibson taking on Newtown, conning up. It's uh, it can be a um, a fiery game. A few slices of cheese, a few slices of tomato, which we don't condone, of course. You don't want sandwiches when you're playing football, Glenn. No. But um, it has there's been a there's been some heated exchanges and some real tough contests when it comes to that that particular fixture, and that won't come again until possibly the grand final or one of the weeks of finals. <laughs> cheese and tomato into a podcast. No worries, you've managed to do it. Hey, uh, the Think Mental Health round last week. Congratulations to Hamish, Donald, uh, Thomas, and also to Liam Baines, who have uh, jumped on board last week, and uh, they were the best on ground in the league games. But a very strong gesture from the Esperance Football Association. Now, we haven't really touched on it in uh, the WA Country Footy League podcast about what's happened out of the goldfields where an umpire was struck, and that uh, particular incident is before the court. So as soon as we get some more clarity, Clarification on that one. I know it's been around some different media circles, uh, but we'll, we'll de- definitely catch up with Graham Borchett there and and even um, the, the umpires are involved in that because there's been a lot happening out in that goal for the footy league. And even this week, uh, the coach and also the president standing down. Some further details out of that obviously coming through later wow. this week. Um, but the Esperance District Football Association, uh, a guard of honour for your own umpires last week. This was outstanding out there at Ports Footy Oval. Yeah, it was really good, really good to see. And um, the the head of coaching, Brad Forrester, he led the way, and they did really, really well. Those umpires, oh, the umpiring down in Esperance is is really consistent and good, and I I really respect them. And to be honest, they're all they're all your mates anyway. You come up against them every every week, so 
uh, there's not much point. You've got to give them the respect. There's not much point in getting stuck in. Sure, they make mistakes, but I tell you what, I don't kick at 100%. I don't hand pass at 100%. I fall over sometimes and drop <laughs> marks, Glenn. So you've got to go easy on all these on all these guys because they are they are doing it and it's a hard job. And yeah, last week was a great show of um, solidarity. We did it in both fixtures. Mm. We um, formed up a guard of honour and, and they got to walk out and they got to officiate. And I mean, I, I reckon... I reckon if we can all get around our umpires, it's only going to be better for all the competitions across WA. And I, and if you are thinking about it, if you're on the fence, I'd, I I reckon I reckon do it. I reckon someday I'll become an umpire because I I don't mind talking, and I think that's important for an umpire. But also, I love watching footy, and it is the best seat in the house. You're up close and personal, watching all the skills and all the the toughness of these players. And and actually, last week I was um, rostered on to do the boundary umpiring for the juniors. So I did the 12s, missed the 14s because I was coaching. I did the 16s and the coach. Across the day, I ran 13 Ks, boundary umpiring. Well done. So it's um, it's better than going to the gym, Glenn. That's yes. for sure. Mate, thank you very much. We could get into your, your juniors as well, your 14s, which are, uh, well, they're a little down on the ladder. Look, we won't harp on that one, oh. mate. We had a win last weekend, mate. Wash your mouth out with soap, please. We're uh, two wins this year and building up some momentum heading the finals. On your 26.99%. But that's okay, mate. You're doing very well with the juniors and you're getting them up and about too. I know it's a big feature and, and you are well respected in the coaching circles there, mate. So well done. Hey, um, thank you very much for your time. Always good to hear about the Esperance District Footy Association. You've got finals which are coming up towards the end of August. So no doubt we'll catch up and have a bit more of a, a flavour on our podcast throughout that, mate. But appreciate you, Sean Lindsay, joining us from the Esperance District Football Association with a bit of an overview. As we mentioned, he's the host of Triple M's Breakfast Show down Esperance Way, but also conducts a podcast for the EDFA. He helps out out at Gibson. And Did you shear any sheep recently for the Gibson Footy Club as well? Oh, oh heavens, no. No, yeah, that's didn't not, think so, mate. That's you didn't think so because you can hardly take care of the facial hair on yourself, mate, let alone uh, getting the, the, the sheep shorn. But, hey, <laughs> very good. Sheep shorn, you like that one? Thank you, mate, for joining us on our podcast. A great way to wrap up our episode. Only the hundredth time I've heard that one. Thanks, Glenn. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. <laughs> Good on you. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Well, that wraps up our podcast for today. We started it off in the northern part of the state with Wayne Paul from the East Kimberley Football League. We swung around through the Avon with Macca. Then we managed to find out a bit more about the Think Mental Health message. A lot of clubs all the leagues getting behind Think Mental Health last week and ended it in Esperance with the Esperance District Football Association wrap. Uh, hey, how good was the WA Country Footy League teams as we took on the uh, Perth Football League last week? We had wins in both the women and also the men. Oh, geez, it was good. 7-5-3-4 in the women, while for the men, it was a little closer. In the end, we got up by three points over the Perth Football League. We gave Scotty Worthington a bit of a rap last week, but he never ended up playing. Uh, but that's okay. That's what happens in the world of podcasts. Hey, don't forget the Belt Up campaign survey is out right now. That's for you to participate in. Shout out to those in the uh, Tom Price region with the Tigers and also the Panthers playing an awesome game last week in the Fortescue National Football League. Uh, we also had some great opportunities to see leagues coming together for umpires last week, which we touched on during this particular episode as well. Again, well done to all the teams with the Think Mental Health message that has gone right across the state. Hey, we're back next week. We were hoping to get Harry Taylor on this week, but everyone else wants him. 
Jeez, he's in high demand. I suppose that's what happens when you kick a bag for the Northampton Rams. Uh, but in the future, we'll hope to get hold of him. And also, we're going to catch up with a young Kingsley Smith. Now, Kingsley was part of the team that managed to take on the Perth Footy League. He came through in a very big way for the state team, but uh, Kingsley Smith will be joining us, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future. We're chasing him down. He was on day shift. He was on site. He was doing all sorts of other things. So he wasn't able to join us for a bit of a wrap-up. He was the best on ground with the WA Country Footy League team last week in Perth. So we'll get some further details on that one in upcoming episodes. Don't forget, sponsorship for the podcast is available if you want to sponsor the podcast if you're one of those people who are listening across our regions you'd love to get your message out for your business and support the wa country footy league at the same time it's a great chance to jump on board you can get in touch with us via news at industrylinkmedia.com and of course if you've got any information or news that's happening through your league as well it's a great way to let us know as well because without your impact well we're just gonna talk footy but we'd love to hear more of your stories that are happening in your leagues right across WA. The WA Country Footy League podcast week three comes to a wrap. Again, well done to all those who got behind Think Mental Health Round last week with the WA Country Footy League. The WA Country Footy podcast is produced by Industry Link Media. 